0: well hey everyone welcome pastor josh blevins here from grace calvary chapel and thanks for joining me for another episode of the ascending life podcast we have a great interview a great discussion for you today i got to sit down with a good friend of mine casey kendall who pastors bridgetown church in uh, glendora california he launched Bridgetown in september of 2016 in the san gabriel valley and uh, has been going faithfully there uh, casey has an amazing family in fact he has eight children four boys four girls from the ages 21 years old down to seven and uh him and his wife have been and their whole family have been serving jesus Um, All together and and, uh, for 30 years uh, in various roles and capacities. And I love Casey's heart as we talk today about discipleship. Discipleship in the 21st century within the cultural context of America. We're going to have a great uh, and insightful conversation, I think, on what it means to get back to the simplicity of Christ and to what really matters to his heart when it comes to people. So I hope you enjoy this episode. God bless you well Casey uh, Kindle from Bridgetown Church thank you so much my friend for joining me today um, as we make this discussion I really appreciate having you on
1: yeah yeah thank you so much for the opportunity to to be here and discuss one of the the heartbeats of the church in discipleship
0: yeah and that's what we're talking about today um I'm, I've been thinking a lot about this, this topic, and one of the reasons, Casey, that I, I wanted to get with you on it is because as I've watched you from afar and as we've connected, um, I've really appreciated the fact that you have shown so much pastoral care uh, towards mm-hmm. me as an individual, and then to yeah. watch you do that to the people that you minister with. Um, I really saw the mind of Christ and I'm not trying to, to puff you up or anything, but mm-hmm. I really just see the mind of Christ. And I think a journey God's taking you through pastorally and yeah. what you're now emphasizing um, in your own ministry. And that is people, the people that yeah. matter to God. And I think, I think when Jesus gave us that great commission to uh, make disciples of all nations and to, to teach Mm -hmm. all people um, what he taught us and to preach the gospel to every creature and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, There's a a simplicity to that that I sometimes wonder as I I look more culturally what's going on in, in the church, especially in the Western world, in America, Um, Are we really getting it? (laughs) And so Hmm. this isn't to be super critical, but just to have a discussion and look at the strengths and weaknesses of where we're at. Um, uh, When I think of discipleship, my, the first image that comes into my mind is is a cro- is a cross, and when I'm talking yeah. about discipleship, I'm talking about following Jesus, and mm-hmm. Jesus uses this imagery that I see whenever I open the scriptures about um, uh, being, being crucified, uh, to pick mm-hmm. up one's cross and to follow him, and that uh, even as Paul would say, I've been crucified with Christ, this life I'm not living for myself anymore, and that's the essence of is is dying to ourselves so that we can find life in christ and help Mm -hmm. others find that same life and i feel as though maybe it doesn't sit well that idea doesn't sit well in our western culture i mean what are your what are your thoughts on what jesus put forth and what you see us pursuing maybe in our own world in our own culture today
1: yeah it has been such a journey for us as a church Uh, we launched bridgetown church five years ago and um, watching the journey begin, um, we were on a metric system of how many heads uh, and, and people were coming into the church. And uh, we were more concerned with what church looked like rather than how we lived. Mm. And what I was finding in my own heart and in my own life that I was trying to be someone and have something that God was not calling me to be or to have. And so we have been telling our team many times we are following following an Americanized Jesus but not the crucified Jesus wow and and what I mean by that in our Western culture many times we choose comfort over character we choose convenience over the call of God and what we had found in our lives is is we weren't dying to ourselves and so when we began this journey of not just, trying to build or wanting to build a mega church we switched our whole focus from going to mustard seed and so what we wanted to do was plant these little mustard seeds of the kingdom of god in people's lives Mm -hmm. and i think you're right i think too oftentimes in the american church we are uh, diminishing the cross we're diminishing the cost we're diminishing the call because in american christianity we don't want to die uh, in America, death in America is, is the final. Uh, this is the end. But we're reframing that in our Christian theology, uh, after death comes resurrection. And so in, in taking up the cross, yes, there is going to be death, but also the power of the resurrection is going to come forth. And so we're, we've been trying to reframe in our own church, not the numbers of people that will come into the church, but how many people can we send out of our church for the glory of God with the right tools to take up their cross and follow after Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so realizing that we are leading people into dying to themselves as they follow the crucified Savior, but also where there's death, Jesus will resurrect and bring new life. And so really trying to emphasize those principles Uh, back into our church.
0: That's, that's so key. And uh, we hear that. And I automatically, my mind goes to Paul saying, I want to, I want to share in the power of Christ's resurrection. Yeah. And then in the next breath, he says, and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Yes. And I I heard it put once um, so well that in our Western mind and in our American culture, as Christians, even we, we start to demand, a throne when our savior took a cross and we we want the power of his resurrection and all the miracles and signs and wonders and excitement and the passion about that, that comes with following Jesus. But we don't want the fellowship, but we don't want to share in what he suffered (laughs) Um, and find the depth and the richness that exists within that, Mm -hmm. within that space. Um, you talked about, you talked about metric systems. Yeah. I want to explore that just for a minute because, um, it seems that over the years we really have developed a church culture where the church is more of a of a corporate institution, mm-hmm. uh, from the mm-hmm. head down. And when I talk when I say the head down, I'm not necessarily meaning Christ. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. top structure down, um, yeah. business CEO model, mm-hmm. uh, put all the right places, sort of a field of dreams, build it and they will come uh, mentality. Yeah. And we yeah. measure the effectiveness of the ministry by of uh, uh, visual markers, right? Um, mm-hmm. how much money's in the bank, how many people are in the pews. And, and I know this is completely unscripted, but what are your thoughts? I mean how did we how did we get here because we read the New Testament and God was clearly saving a lot of people. That wasn't the issue, but what they were mm-hmm. focused on is, man, let's be together, let's just be in the Apostles doctrine, let's be in fellowship sincere, yeah. authentic Christian relationship. Let's just, uh, let's, let's get into prayer together. Uh, let's, let's have these elements, um, of just life, yeah. authentic community. Yeah. Uh, we went from that to, uh, well, this whole, um, sort of branded model. Now some yeah. of that's cultural. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I even as a pastor struggle at times with like, how do I, how am I relevant in my culture? How do mm-hmm. I become all things to all men to, to win some, but where sure. do I? Where am I crossing the line? And how did how do we get here to where that's even such a struggle?
1: Yeah, I think uh, in the scripture, I mean, we we look at God's not looking necessarily for success as He is faithfulness. Oh wow! And too oftentimes, I've placed worldly success as the model uh, rather than God's faithfulness as the principle. And wow. so, what's happened is, is many times I begin to uh, try to reach a world that I, I look like. And I think it's important that we are relevant. I think it's important that we are uh, reaching people where they're at and connecting them to everything that God has for their life in Jesus. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Uh, but I, I don't think we can put a metric system On the power and message of the gospel. And I think we come to a spot in our culture and in our time where there are a lot of mandates that are going around our nation right now. Uh, The one uh, mandate that we were given in Genesis was to be fruitful and multiply. Hmm. Follow that back into the gospel of Matthew, Jesus. Again, gave us the same mandate to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I think there are, in essence, of that, uh, we are trying to, um, again, uh, use people to grow our church rather than growing people that are in our church. Mm. And I don't know if you ever struggle with this, Josh, but many times, uh, you know, I come out on a stage and And I'm wishing that there are more people in those seats rather than ministering to the people that are in those seats.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, that's so key. And one of the things I've always appreciated about, um, about Calvary chapel, even though in many ways, Calvary chapel was a a successful movement, but, but growing up, I I always heard, you know, invest and minister to the people that God brings. (laughs) Those are his sheep. Those are the people he cares about. Um, and i i don't know about you casey but i'm i'm constantly finding that i I have to constantly check my motives you know yeah um is it necessarily bad for me to want to see more people if my motive is genuinely authentically i want them to know this life in christ and i want them to be yeah. in a safe space and i want them mm-hmm. to have an environment within the body of christ where they're thriving no that, i don't yep. think that's bad at all you know Amen. um however boy how easily does even in the even in pastoral culture, like selfish ambitions sneak in, mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. other motive um, that yeah. has to do more about us and our image and uh, what we and our and and the ambition we hope to accomplish. I mean, there's a real struggle there that I think, especially people involved in ministry, have to be cognizant of and constantly aware yeah. of.
1: Amen, amen. I I definitely agree. I think in my life and in my story. I became so focused on marketing that I missed the message of the gospel. Now, I think both of those can blend together in a way where the message of the gospel is the emphasis, but many times I get so focused on the show of the lights and the show of the the stage performance or whatever it might be that I'm missing the one person. Man, I want to reach as many people as I can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to see people grow. I want to see things grow because that's where health is. So I don't want to diminish that aspect of of us growing and seeing people come into the kingdom of God and being born again by his spirit through the conviction of, of his word and his spirit and believing in what Christ has done for us on the cross. But I don't want to subtract the message of the gospel because I'm so focused on marketing and reaching more people. And so for us, the journey has been um, we're going to take time. We're yeah. going to take time, number one, to hear from God and we're going to take time with the people of God. You know, I was, I was just a young man and I had asked a pastor, um, can I have an one hour of your time a week? Just one hour. And he looked at me and he said across the table, he's all that's not my job. Wow. And uh, it broke my heart because uh, many times I think we equate discipleship as pastors for what necessarily is becoming behind the pulpit in our message. I think that's part of it. But discipleship happens also when I get off the stage and I am with the people
0: yeah.
1: and I give time to people so as I give time to people, I infuse truth into people. And as I infuse the truth into people, they begin to use their talents that God has given to them, their gifts, and they begin to go and multiply themselves into other people. Yeah. And I think I, I don't, I no longer want to be the person that just stands behind the pulpit and teaches thinking that I've done my, my due due diligence to disciple someone.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're hitting the target. I mean, um, certainly some, some guys have, have greater gifts of teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys have greater gifts of personal discipleship when it comes to pastoral ministry, but ultimately, uh, ultimately what we're called to do is, is try to model the, the nature, the, the, the character and the nature of Christ and his care yeah. for his, yeah. for his people. And mm-hmm. what's really awesome about that is even though you or I, or any pastor can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. What yeah. we model, um, people, people observe, and it, and it almost starts to become part of their DNA, part yeah. of what they yeah. want to yeah. do, accomplish with yeah. other people. And it's a multiplication. Amen. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we understood why there was, uh, in, in the New Testament, almost this obvious division at times between um, those who kind of followed Jesus for, for what he might do. And then mm-hmm. once Jesus got down to the hard truths of who he was and, and what he demanded, you know, there, there were the 12, uh, there yeah, were the 12 guys yeah, who yeah. That he said, I'm investing here. And here were the yeah. three guys, Peter, James, and John, who he yeah. would sometimes take that that doesn't mean they were more important, but he was modeling that investment yeah. that was going to Amen. multiply, uh, beyond that moment to, well, even to us here today.
1: Yeah. I mean, we think about Jesus, God come in the flesh, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten from the father full of grace and full of Mm -hmm. truth. Look at Jesus's span of care. Jesus's span of care was primarily over 12 and more uh, intentionally, not over importance, like you said, but more intentionally over three. And so I need to model that also in my life. Who am I caring for? And where is my focus? Because I, I can't reach everyone, but I can reach someone. Mm -hmm. and in their life will i in that moment seek to make a difference to multiply jesus as paul said to the church of colossians i i want you to in your life give birth to to jesus i I want that to be the essence of your life you know and so I, i want people to meet jesus uh invest in the message of jesus and then have their life transformed and multiplying jesus to the world that's around them
0: that's awesome um I want to address, uh, maybe just a little bit of a different topic here mm-hmm. when I, as I'm thinking about this whole process, there's, there's this idea also of what, of what church is mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of people's minds. I mean, a lot of people who might be watching or listening to this, they, they hear the word church, mm-hmm. they hear the word fellowship and automatically something enters into their mind, a picture. Uh, yeah, it's where I go on Sunday. And it's kind of what I sit through and I get kind of maybe inspired a little bit um, by the talking head. And then and then I leave. And uh, and that's that's my idea of a fellowship or of church. Um, how does how does biblical the biblical picture of that early church differ from where our, where our mind automatically goes today, as in like this, again, this more institutionalized. Um, yeah little sliver of my, of my life and my existence, what does true fellowship and true Christian community really look like in practice?
1: Yeah, I, I think for us, um, we've become so focused on Sundays, uh, Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights and kind of where, uh, I have come from that we missed Monday through Sunday. Um, and so let's, let's huddle together on a Sunday Let's worship. Let's hear the word of God. Let's encourage one another. Hebrews 10 tells us to do that, not forsaking the assembling of some, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another as we see the day of the Lord drawing near. So we're going to huddle together. We're going to encourage one another. But um, church is not just what happens on a Sunday morning, church is what happens on Monday through the next Sunday on our city streets. And so teaching uh, myself and people that the church is not just you coming on Sunday, it's you being Monday through Sunday. And so I think in regards to fellowship, sometimes I would get uh, caught up in this, Oh, I, they invited me to a football game. Um, so we had fellowship because we were all there watching the football game Yeah. or, or, um, Yeah, I'm wearing this sweater for you today, Josh. I don't know if you (laughs) noticed that yet, but you know, if I get in the duck blind and and it's duck season, you know, let's go hunting, and all those are great things. But if if we're not infusing Jesus into the process of what we're delighting in, I think we're missing true koinonia, true fellowship, um, the true commonality of who we are in Christ, who we are because of Christ, what we have, what we're called to do uh, with Jesus Christ, and so coming to that spot where. Um, we're no longer just going to see church as something that we go to, but church is the people we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and we hear that a lot. Um, but I think it's a real battle. And I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't say this because I think that the church in America is the only, uh, is the only church that has issues, you know, every, everywhere you look, people are, are, are having different issues with their culture and, and the places they're in as the church. But one mm-hmm. thing I'm real, I, I am really challenged by is when I, when I think about the church in places where, um, where Christians are under greater persecution, you know, there's no, there's no fanfare. Um, You don't become a pastor to, to get a book deal or to uh, have a popular following online. Uh, You don't follow Jesus uh, because it's a culturally kind of a fad. It's like a fad, a cool thing to do at the time. And you're going to go be with other people who are, who, who are kind of like in the same demographic as you or the same and and everyone's it's it's like if I go to church today, it's going to be unseen and unnoticed mm-hmm. by by the yep. world, and perhaps uh, I might I might get arrested uh, on my yeah. way there or back, or you know all of these ideas. Um, and I I don't know I don't know where you what you think about this, but I have been sensing and I've been trying to encourage our our folks. You know we we don't know what tomorrow holds in regards to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. our own safety, our, our you know our, our own nation, and what's going on in the world. We don't yeah. know what what tragedy might befall tomorrow or, or what mm-hmm. uh, what new disease might come. We don't know any of that yeah. Um, yeah. but the reality is is've we've, we've been seeing signs that are prompting me as not just as a pastor but as a Christian saying uh, it it's going to be more important than, than ever before in our nation that the church really learns what it means to sacrifice for each other yeah and yeah. to give of themselves to have that all to have those things in common in fellowship in koinonia to yeah. to uh to be upholding one another in difficult times uh, mm-hmm. to really building those bonds that that we're risking ourselves to love and to sacrifice and to show mercy and compassion you know loving the brethren as paul yeah. would encourage the yeah. church at thessalonica but he's even then their reputation was that they were under persecution but their that their love for each other was increasing and abounding Um, at, at the same time, we're in those last days where the Bible says the love of many will grow cold. And, and so I'd love to get your thoughts on how do we really, uh, engage our church to say, you know, let's get, we, we need to start emphasizing and getting back to what really matters to the heart of God. We, we really need to learn what it means to exhort one another and encourage one another and love one another and sacrifice for one another and not just do church, um, what do you see today as some of the greatest threats to making disciples uh, and developing authentic Christian community? And what do you see that gives you hope and encouragement about where we're at and where we're going?
1: Yeah, I, I would say one of the greatest threats um, in discipleship is distraction. Mm. Um, we have been distracted by so many things that I think in this time that God's bringing a distraction into a disciplined focus of the church. Wow. And for us, it's been God stripping us. We lost our building due to COVID. Um, we went online for a season, but we we had to meet. We, we wanted to meet. So we yeah. just started meeting outside uh, together here in California at a park. And um, God, God was the one. We didn't have the lights. We didn't have the fog. We didn't have the screens with the lyrics on it. All we had was one person with a guitar and the word of God and the spirit of God moving in the hearts of his people. And, um, God's opened to a, a, us now a building the right next door to the park. But, um, what we have found for us is that in moving church, uh, we have church on Sundays, but we also, um, people ask, well, you're going to do Wednesday night, right? You're going to do uh, midweek. And for us right now, um, Our midweek is on Monday through Saturday in small groups in people's homes. And so for us, what we have found where we're at in our journey right now, it's different for every church, um, but we are focusing on getting people back into their neighborhoods because we really believe we want to be a church, not of opinion, but of conviction. And if we're going to do that, we will go scripture by scripture, but we're also going to go street by street. Wow. Wow. We're getting you back into your neighborhood. So good. We, we're getting the church back into the neighborhood in, in a way where we're in a small group setting, I mean, look at throughout the New Testament, how Jesus utilized food and a meal to accomplish the mission of God. He used a meal to express the grace of God. It brought community. And so what we've been doing is what we call multiply communities in our neighborhoods, in the San Gabriel Valley, and doing this in a way where they're going to share a meal together. They're going to share the truth of God together. They're going to share prayers together. So then they begin to share life together. So if there's a birthday party, your community group shows up for the birthday party. If there's a funeral, the, the the people learn how to walk with someone that's grieving um, because they're so intimately and intricately in, entwined with their lives because they are, um, we like to put it this way. We're praying that God would open doors, but we never open our own door.
0: Huh.
1: So we're trying to get people at the spot of discipleship to realize, hey, your house is not just a refuge for you. It's also could be used as a mission for God. So let's open up the doors of our home and see what God wants to do in a smaller setting. And then we'll all gather together back on a Sunday to encourage one another to go back out Monday through Sunday. So we we say it this way: we're a church gathered and scattered.
0: Scattered. Yeah. I love that. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna awesome. be scattered out. Yeah. You
1: know, I, I think one of the things I'm really excited about in this time and in this season is the church of Jesus is being stripped back mm. from all of the things we thought we needed when what we really needed was him, wow. one another, his word, and his spirit yeah. to really work in our hearts. And so what I'm really excited about is probably one of the most painful things that I've been experiencing <laughs> as a pastor is, yeah. is this stripping away of what I thought I needed. Yeah. For God to get at the heart of the matter, which was the matter of my own heart, you know, Josh, I was just praying for years. God, do something in the San Gabriel Valley here in California, and um, God said, "Hey, I want to start with you first. Wow. And um, what I've been finding is that I I can't give people what I don't first possess. Yes. You know, and it's I was a- telling I was telling a bunch of youth I used to lead high school uh, ministry, but I was telling all of our youth, you guys are leaders. You got to be leaders but I never gave them tools to start equipping them to be leaders. Wow. And so I had to start discipling them in that mm-hmm. way, week by week. Yeah. This is what it means to be a leader, books, yeah. Bible studies, yeah. uh, things that we would go out and hands-on learn and do together um, so I could walk with them in that time.
0: Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I don't, I don't think discipleship is, is fully possible Uh, without engage, without personal engagement in people's lives. Um, Yes. Teaching is, is necessary. Mm -hmm. It's beneficial. I mean, we've all, we've all learned things and grown closer to the Lord because someone else has taught us something, Mm -hmm. even if we never knew that person in a, in a personal way, but to learn to follow Jesus. I mean, you need, you need someone side by side, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. And I, I, I love, I love that, that you guys, are, you know, I, I've heard a lot of pastors and I've said it myself. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of pastors say, you know, if all the, if all the lights were gone and all the sound systems yeah. were gone, we would still be out there <laughs> worshiping the Lord. And then the Lord's like, okay, let's test that theory. <laughs> and, and you, you went through it in in a way that yeah. a lot of um, people haven't. And, 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 you know, the, the sad yet encouraging thing at the same time is that a lot of churches did go through that. Yeah. I think to the realization that they, that they didn't have, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. what was, soup, yeah. what was really needed, but God's yeah. hearts always to not just to tear us down, but to build us up Amen. Um, and his yeah. church ultimately will prevail. I mean, he, Amen. uh, uh, even, even if, even if it's to our death, um, yeah. I'm excited to see what God's doing in these, in these times and in these days, uh, yeah. his church.
1: Amen. But,
0: um, well, let me ask you one more question here. Yeah. Um, you've kind of shared with me the thing, the steps you guys have taken to try to really emphasize yeah. discipleship to to the person mm-hmm. out there who they're they 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 love being part of the church. They're trying to to grow in the Lord. They're serving. Um, they're going mm-hmm. to work every day. They're with their family. They're they're just going mm-hmm. about their lives. Uh, what's your mm-hmm. word to them in regards to? Fulfilling this, com- this great commission of Jesus that applies to them as followers of Christ, how do I get involved in someone's life? How do I open that door? Mm-hmm. How do I be there? How do I show Christ through my actions and in my words? Um, what are some yeah. steps that they can take to practically fulfill this discipleship-minded mission that Christ has given us?
1: Yeah, I think it starts first by your obedience. Uh, delayed obedience is disobedience. And so Jesus already told us in his word, hey, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I think there there needs to be answering in obedience to the call. I think uh, what that would practically look like is number one, um, I'm going to care for people. Mm. Uh, I'm going to care for people in a way where I'm going to call out to God and ask God, hey, are there three people in my life right now that as I work, as I go to school, whether I'm in university or high school or junior high or wherever it might be uh, at the church, are there three people that I could pour the life of Jesus into? Um, I would pick three people and I would begin this way. I'd begin to pray for them and then I'd begin to invite them into uh, a time during the week where we could all meet over coffee yeah. um, and then I would begin to invest in them um, that that could simply be um, reading scripture together and discussing scripture over uh, at a coffee shop or over a meal or at someone's home um, and what I have found in that time of praying inviting people into, my life, me into their life. And as I invest that, that God begins to expand the kingdom. Wow. And so the practical steps I I just think is, is take time to pray who God would want you to reach and then begin to ask them, Hey, would you mind if we read through first Peter? Would the Psalms. Yeah. Um, I realized I was doing this with a lot of people, but I wasn't doing this with my own kids. I started a small group with my own kids That's awesome. and uh, <laughs> we meet, we meet in a restaurant in uh, the city of Glendora and we're going through awesome. a book by Warner Wearsby called on being a servant.
0: Oh, and, I love that book. um,
1: cause I just thought, man, what if, if I could give my kids any vision in this world of what to do with their lives, it would be mm-hmm. being a servant for Jesus. So, and man. so we began that chapter by chapter. Uh, through that time and it's just really taking you can go through a book that um, you would recommend or someone would recommend that would would help build someone's faith but I think really what it's going to take for the church is no longer this transient feel Mm -hmm. but a a permanent feel so Mm. what I mean by that is uh, that our culture is very transient. We like to move. We like to go to different churches and take from that church and that church. And, and I think there needs to be a permanence of laying down some sacred root. Yeah. I like to kind of say it this way in a cheesy way. So we get some holy fruit, you know, (laughs) so there's just this aspect in our lives where, Hey, I'm going to lay down some sacred roots in St. Joe, and I'm going to, in my life, lay these roots down. I'm going to water it I'm going to feed it, and I'm going to see the growth in this. And um, we also have a packet that we could send your way on uh, multiply communities, we call them. They're both dinner parties that we host uh, where people come and share a meal, and they talk about the sermon from the previous Sunday. And then we also have what we call focus nights through our church where we are bringing people to a place where they're focused discipleships of men. Small groups, women, small groups, um, youth, small groups, and getting people in relationship because we really believe that, that life transformation happens in the yeah. circle of relationships.
0: That's, that's wonderful. And I think I want to add to that to, to the, those who are um, watching or listening to this is that this is attainable. Uh, God, mm-hmm. God didn't call all of us to do something that he wouldn't enable and equip us to Amen. do. Uh, sometimes we just need to get over our, our initial fear or intimidation of the task mm-hmm. at hand or our uh, maybe, maybe fears we have about weaknesses or our personalities or insecurities um, yeah. and really believe that God has people he wants to not just reach, but train up and Amen. And, and cause to flourish and thrive and grow through our lives. Yeah. Um, and 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 praying that the that the Holy Spirit would fill you afresh, just just day after day to give you that insight and that wisdom, and and to the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is doable. It just takes uh, that step of faith and trust in the Lord. And here, you know, here at Grace, we've um, we've we've taken on. We call them G three groups. So they're Grace Growth Groups, small groups that meet in, in our communities. Um, I think we've got you know. About forty of them going right now, and to see the the to see the relationships and the help and support that's developing <laughs> around those things, um, but not just that, but the spiritual growth, the spiritual hunger that's developing as people you know sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, has just been uh, incredible. But I'd love to get those resources. If you could send them our way, we'll make those available yeah. to yep. uh, the people that can that that can view this as well. But um, any final thoughts or final words before we, before we part, it's been such a joy having you uh, today. Yeah, uh, So insightful yep. and almost truths We we've heard, but we need to be reminded of because uh, the times are getting there. I mean, we, we need to be about our father's business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think now is the time for the church where there's no longer dabbling. It's devotion. The apostles, the, the Christians devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to the, the son of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, in doing that, we're going to be the people of God. And I just, I just think uh, when we were planting Bridgetown church, I ran into a guy out on the street, we're inviting people into church. And, uh, he said, um, he said to me after he put down his phone, he had, he was, uh, doing heroin. You could tell he had tracks going up his arm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he looked at me and he said, I-, I just want you to know, as you invite me to church, uh, churches don't want people like me. Oh. And, uh, I just stood there and, just uh, just brokenhearted. And I wow. said, Jesus wants people like you. Wow. And I don't know where someone might find themselves listening today.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they yeah. might find themselves hurting and broken, sad. Um, maybe they're, they're, they're at the end of their own yeah. journey of life. And they just feel like, what do I have to give? the church or does this church even want me i just want you to know as you listen that jesus wants you Mm -hmm. and jesus will use you today and jesus will will further his kingdom of god in you and so wherever you find yourself today i just want you to know jesus's nail pierced hands are welcoming you back in calling you back home Mm -hmm. and back to be with him
0: Mm -hmm. amen amen and casey i love your heart man um I can't can't wait to get back together with you soon and uh thanks again for for joining me today.
1: All right man, God bless you. All Thank right. you. Love you brother. See Bye. You. Love you. Bye.